Okay, Corporate Streets presentation. Welcome to the Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast discussing the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have TJ. And this is Jaren. And this week, we are talking about the 44th law. Disarm and infuriate with the mirror effect. All right, Jaren, hit us up with that translation, man. You mean, Jimmy, hit us up with that translation, man. <laughs> that, Dog, that was, hit us up with the translation, bro. <laughs> that, that was the translation. Okay. You're Amy. Yeah, you gotta That was a translation? Yeah, man. Sometimes you gotta mock people to kind of throw them off the game. If you do it enough, it'll it'll definitely frustrate them. <laughs> that's true story right there. That's a true story. Alright. So if that's your translation. I'm gonna just get right into a few words from the OG Robert Green. The mirror reflects reality. But it's also the perfect tool for deception. When you mirror your enemies doing exactly as they do, they cannot figure out your strategy. The mirror effect mocks and humiliates them, making them overreact. By holding up a mirror to their psyches, you seduce them with the illusion that you share their values. By holding up a mirror to their actions, you teach them a lesson. Few can resist the power of the mirror effect. All right, Jan, you remember being a kid, right? Somebody mocking everything you say. How annoying was that, man? Yeah, that was huge in the, like, seventh and eighth grade. I remember people doing that all Was the it time. that late? I feel like it was even earlier than that. I mean, I they did like it. fourth, fifth grade. They did it then, but in seventh and eighth grade, we were doing it with a purpose. Oh, that's true. That's true. You were, you were definitely trying to take somebody out of their... Uh, out of their moment right and i mean for us i guess it was kind of like a joke too but like you said it was definitely used strategically when uh just at our school they were known for joining so it was very easy for a person that wasn't skilled in the craft of joining to yeah. be able to just simply mock somebody to get a laugh and for those who don't know what joning is cracking jokes playing the dozens talking about you clowning joking uh, those are other terms that other regions use. We call it Jonah. In the St. Louis region. All right. All right. So. I'm going right, you well, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the OG went straight into his mirror effect primary typology. And so we're going to go over those a little bit. He gave an analysis about how people look in the mirror. All right. And OG says that. There are people who look in a mirror and admire how good they look. But there are other people out there who stare into the mirror and they see all of their flaws and imperfections that they have. Those people, they also, they, they ponder in disappointment. So have you ever and done that? Because I've done, I've done I, that. I've, I've been in both, both uh, sides of, I guess, of the mirror, so to speak. So I've done it. Like just walking down the street and I'm looking at my reflection like damn like these jeans and shoes like go together well. Yeah. But then there's been times where I look in the mirror and be like, God, I'm fat. 
Okay. So so usually when I'm look so that was a good example because when I'm out in the street, I'm looking at myself in the mirror like, yo, I'm kind of fly right now. Right. These shades is dope. These sneakers is popping. But when I'm in the mirror at the house, when you have that extra time to yourself, <laughs> to you really might start thinking your about soul. your shortcomings. <laughs> yeah, you start looking at your shortcomings. Like it's like, yo, I got, yo, them grays are really trying to take over right now. Right. It's like, yo, I didn't have that wrinkle there like last year i don't know when that thing came about what is that and like have you ever stared at yourself so long that you notice like things aren't shaped the same it's like yo my eyes are kind of uneven <laughs> like one eye is more circular than the other one eye is more oval than the other like you really start picking yourself apart yeah definitely i mean i look at myself sometimes and feel like i'm looking at a different person or like i might imagine the way i look at, a, at, at some moment and then when I go finally look in the mirror I'm like I don't look like that it's very weird right. I don't know you know what some people though they take it to the next extreme some people sit there like like there's a dude with crooked teeth he's sitting there that's all he is to himself is man my teeth are so crooked there's a chick that have little breasts out there all she thinks about is that she's a chick with little breasts she's not thinking about all the good she's worth they don't realize they're more than the object you know, they're more than just the crooked teeth right. or just the small breasts or the, the girl with the little butt. You're a person. You got a smart mind, a beautiful mind, a beautiful soul. Well, th that's actually if you have a smart mind and a beautiful soul. I mean, right. the people who don't, you guys aren't included in that. But <laughs> you got to think about the things that you're good at. You know, mocking and mirroring people sometimes they give off that same effect look at me i am janet i'm rich and i know it all that kind of talk will make janet mad because it seems like all she's about is she's smart and she's rich and she's really just that simple she's not a person she's not complex right. you're, you're pointing out what could probably be like her shortcomings and it, and it doesn't sound like a shortcoming she's rich and she knows it all right but the way that you're mocking her, though, making it seem like, oh, that's all she's worth. Oh, you're just a chick that makes her you're shallow. a little smart. You got a little bit of money. Right. Exactly. It makes it, it makes points her out. Shallow. It points out that even though she thinks she's, you know, all that great. But really, you're kind of pointing out that she's shallow and probably even saying what other people are thinking. Yeah. And that style of mirroring people can make people really, really mad. Now, there's a whole other type of mirroring that you can do. And it's mirroring to get on somebody's good side. So if you find out what your boss likes to do and you express that you're into that same interest, he or she might like you more. For example, golfing or cigars or running half marathons, watching sports, stuff like that. Right. If you like what they like, they tend to like your style. But you don't want to go too far as to brown nosing. Or you really don't want to OD like old chick from uh, Single White Female. You ever seen that movie? I seen it years ago. I haven't seen it as an adult. Basically, the, I don't know if you remember, but she, uh, the one, the uh, roommate, the new person, she basically started getting her hair done like her, like the girl that she started kind of stalking or whatever you want to call it. She got her hair done like her. She was getting her clothes like her. <laughs> she it, was trying to. She was trying to take her whole life. Right. I mean, so she mirrored her, but it wasn't quite flattering. <laughs> she got OD'd on it, so. You know what? I, I it's kind of like in real life. If you look in the if you're in the mirror all the time, people perceive you as narcissistic, right? Because you you kind of OD on it. It's the same thing when you're mirroring someone else. You you're trying to be like that boss. 
oh yeah, I like golfing too, and I like cigars, and I like running half marathons. But when you start trying to go get the same kind of car, the same kind of clothes, the same kind of shoes, when you start mirroring to that effect, it, like you said, it's not flattering anymore. Right. It becomes kind of weird. And and I, I I remember there's one example of mirror mirroring that Chris Brown did that kind of did both things. So I don't know if you remember, um, there was this one guy named Michael Jackson who died, and then yeah, I kind of remember him. Yeah, and then BT did like a, I mean this this random guy BT did like a whole thing about him, and Chris <laughs> Brown did a. Uh, uh, he did a song and he he sang he sang the song man in the mirror and this was right. just after the rihanna stuff kind of happened and so chris brown is singing this song and he breaks down crying on the stage and that kind of seemed like a tool to where the whole mirroring effect so he, so he's singing the song about being the man in the mirror Wow. Okay. And so instead of infuriating him, it, it made him um, humble. It humbled him. Right. And at the same time, he also used that to win the crowd over. Exactly. Now, wow, I didn't think of it like unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, the next day he went on today on NBC and like did he throw the chair through the chair through through window? window. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously he's got ups and downs. But you know, God is working on him. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every saint has a past. Yeah. Every sinner has a future. Exactly. Right? All right. Four mirroring effects. Okay. OG talks about four mirroring effects. And those effects are, and we'll go through these, uh, they're neutralizing, narcissist effect, moral effect, and hallucinatory, excuse me, hallucinatory effect, okay? All right. So neutralizing. OG says, do what the enemies do. Or, you know, when we say enemies, we're talking competition. Do what the competition does, all right? Follow their actions, and they can't see what you're up to. And this kind of makes me think about a race. You're running a race. You're running a half marathon, a 400, a 200, whatever you're running. You get up close to them. You mimic their stride. Yeah. You mimic their breathing pattern. Yep. You keep up with them. And when the right time arises, you slowly start picking up that pace and start pulling away. And you neutralize them because they're tired as hell. And they're thinking, well, if they're running the same stride, the same pace, they must be just as tired as I am. But they really wasn't giving it their all or you wasn't giving it your all. So you beat them to the finish. And that is such a top tip from the corporate streets. I actually learned that myself, even though I haven't ran a track, uh, ran track a day in my life. Certain things people say always stick with me for some reason, and they only have to say it once. So this is one of those things that uh, Coach Staggs, the Berkeley uh, old track coach, the legendary Berkeley legendary. Um, he, yeah. he was also a Rod Staggs. Look him up. He was also the health teacher. And instead of doing health stuff we would sometimes just watch track videos <laughs> <laughs> wait he's he was legendary track coach not a legendary teacher right so we would watch track videos and i remember him saying one day that all you have to do is match the person's uh um, stride and if you could run with them stride for stride you good and then right like tj mentioned then you could take them over Exactly. So, I don't exactly. know why that stuck with me. It was some random thing that did. You're mimicking their stride. So they're yeah. running how they're running, right? And if you can just keep up with that, 
then you're keeping up with what they got. And, and it works. And when that time arises, you, you give it all you have it, and start pulling away. It works. It would be like like when I used to train for um, this 5K thing, I would do it with this big group. And for some reason, like these kind of, I don't know what you would call them. They was, it would be like these thick white women. Like they like built like they play softball. Yeah. And they can run like a, like like it ain't nothing. Yeah. And I and my goal was to try to keep up with them. And so I would match their stride and of course I would be able to run with them. But then it just becomes an endurance issue and then I fall right. off. <laughs> and as you start petering out, they're still going. Right. Because they're like gazelles right. and they just keep it going. Right. <laughs> All right. So that's the neutralizing effect. Now, the narcissist effect. Now, the OG explains that there are people who are in love with themselves. And a lot of us think that we're the best. And a lot of us think that we know the most. And with the narcissist effect, you try to understand the inner workings of that person and what they value. And you try to mirror those findings to get you power. All right. Now, this is effective because people are used to others trying to tell them what to do you know what is cool what is not cool but when you when you share their interest then you tend to connect with them better they tend to connect with you better we got the same interest man and it's, it's really just that simple so i think that you will use the narcissist effect in your social life and in your business life if you want to connect with people better you show other people that what they think to do is cool is cool and what they like is cool and, and that's kind of, that's what the narcissist effect is about yeah i've seen this done before i've done it before um i mentioned i had a co-worker that's always telling people how he likes their shoes and stuff and he's always paying compliments to people and that's kind of a way of, of playing to their narcissistic nature exactly know, letting them know like oh man you look good um or i've done it I went to a cigar lounge once. There's one I really don't go to that much. And mainly it's because there's always like a bunch of old guys there watching golf. Not exactly my okay. kind of crowd. And okay. so I'm sitting there in the group and they're just talking. And I'm normally just kind of listening, waiting for something to come up for me to jump in. You know, so I could jump into the conversation. And right, right that opportunity came up when the guy started talking about you know this car he had and it was probably some, boom you in there now and I was like oh I know what that car is and then I started asking him which one he had and did, did, did this did, do that and that was you know me kind of showing like oh that's a cool thing that you do and I know about this cool thing and you're cool because and not only that if whatever car they has like wow that, that one is the cool that's the dope one right there that one's the good one. And right? it was that's kind of like a rare that's, car. That's best for the value. It's kind of like yeah. a rare car that people don't really know about. So I'm, no, I'm sure he was impressed when I started talking about it. Yeah. Or at least felt. And then, like I said, one stroke, one one step further is stroking his ego. Yeah. Like, man, that you got that one? Yeah, huh. exactly. <laughs> All right. So next is the moral effect. Now, the listeners might be familiar with this one. Some people call this tit for tat. Or giving someone a taste of their own medicine, but you mirror what others have done in a way that they figure out exactly what you're doing, and they're gonna realize that you're doing exactly what they did to you. So rather than complaining or arguing, 
you make somebody feel what you felt so they can be empathetic and understand how sucky their actions were. Hmm. I mean, everybody, everybody's dealt with this. If you have, if you've ever been in a relationship, (laughs) you've dealt with some tit for tat, or you might have done it yourself. Okay, yeah, or even even a friendship. Even a friendship. I'm sure I've done that. Like, like, get mad at the at the significant other, and then just wait, just wait until a damn time comes up to where I can do the exact same thing. Or say the exact same thing they said to me. Right. So they can know how it feels. I've done that. You know what? And some people consider it childish. The whole tit for tat. It might be childish. Doing it because somebody else did it. It feels And good, it just though. might be. But <laughs> this this is the problem that I have with it, though. What if the other person doesn't care or feel the same feeling you feel? So, for example, your girl might say, Jaron, you don't call me enough. And so... She decides now to give you a taste of your own medicine and not call you either, right? But what if you don't like talking on the phone that much? Is she really teaching you a lesson? She's actually giving you exactly what you want. So in that case, the the tit for tat thing doesn't seem like it works. You have to you have to know that the person is gonna care. Well, unless you that's when you gotta really crank it up though. So in that case, if that happens like you really don't call like like don't call for like three days or something. <laughs> right okay that's true that's true because when i was saying you don't call i was thinking for the day right but, but see, if me, that doesn't work you really crank yeah you do have to turn up the heat then right but see me i'm on another level with this stuff so let's say like she didn't call me until like four hours later or like say she didn't text me until like four hours later yeah the rule is you double that time so that means i can't now i can't respond for at least eight hours <laughs> okay from the multiply by two yep and you will play i would play that game until i'm satisfied so if you're gonna try to get in that war you gotta make sure you pick the right one because you get with a savage like me it's gonna i'll take it to the next level Right. He so you're playing the moral effect. Jaron is playing the multiplying moral effect. Yeah, because <laughs> he's going in multiples. Now the OG says that this is usually this moral effect is usually used by educators or anyone who has to deal with unpleasant or unconscious behavior. Un- unconscious behavior. So this is like the teacher's mirror, and it reminds me of those parents who say, "Oh, oh, you want to embarrass me? You want to embarrass me? That's cool. I'm gonna shave you bald." So you see what it's like to be embarrassed. <laughs> that's kind of like yeah. the moral. Effect. If if anybody says, "Oh, oh, really? Okay," that's how you know, like you you really messed up. <laughs> that's how you know. That's how you know they're going by the moral effect. They're about to do. They're about to try to do something to get back at you the same way. Okay. Oh, oh, you you forgot to take out the trash? For real? Oh, All right, I'm, I'm gonna forget okay. to get you a birthday gift. It's cool. Okay, word. I see you. I see what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> now kids are gonna think how could you be so thoughtless you for you forgot to give me a birthday gift and then you remind them of how thoughtless they were when they forgot to take out the trash that's that moral effect right there yep. and then the last effect is the hallucinatory effect this effect is when you create an exact copy of a person place or thing and people think it's the real thing because 
it appears to be the real thing. And the OG calls this the deceiver's mirror. All right. So I'm thinking of this like forging your mom's signature in school. Counterfeit money, com computer viruses. Okay. So uh, the hallucinatory effect, you're making an exact copy of your mom's signature when you're in school. Mm -hmm. Or you're trying to counterfeit money to pass off as real money. And that's that's a form of mirroring. Yeah, me and Manny tried to counterfeit the uh, free lunch card. Got yeah. caught. How did that work? Yeah, we got caught. <laughs> yeah, your mirroring wasn't that good. You uh, must have had correct. like a cracked mirror. The other the other way I used this, um, especially early on when I was when I was younger and first learning how to play chess, I would actually uh, I didn't have a strategy, ah, and yeah. so I would just mirror the opponent's moves. And that's a that's a that's a more positive example. Good job, because yeah. my stuff was negative. <laughs> yeah, so well, I mean it. I, I I don't really recall the way that would end, but every time they took one of my pieces, I would mirror that and take one of theirs. I would mirror the exact same thing. Yeah. So that's how I. Yeah. That's what I did until I could finally at least uh, develop my own strategies, which eh, I kind of never did. So if I played chess right now, I probably would do the exact same thing. Okay, and that reminds me of sports too. Setting up a formation, uh, one play that has multiple outcomes, and then when the opponent sees, oh man, he's running a lot when he does this formation, and then next thing you know, you pass. So you mirror it like you was gonna run, but you did something different. Right. So yeah. let me clean up some of that negativity of counterfeiting money and forging signatures. <laughs> All right. So key thoughts for the OG. He tells us that echoing the moves of others gives you the space you need to create strategies, making moves of your own. And that reminds me of the neutralizing effect. And you were saying that like even in your chess move, if you didn't know what to do, you would just go ahead and mimic their move. That buys you time to create another strategy. Right. It does. Okay. Trying to argue your views on, on people may only convince a few, but you're probably going to upset more than you attract. Okay. And so this is talking. This this reminds me of that narcissistic uh, mirror that we're talking about. So don't argue your views on people because you're just you're just gonna you're gonna piss a lot of people off. It's better to try to use that narcissistic mirror and play to the things that they like and show them how cool they are and how great their thoughts are. And you're gonna attract more people. If you want to gain power, you have to absorb their thoughts and their views and blend in. But once you get in there, though. You move around and carry out your original your original plan. So politicians do this all the time. This is like the bait and switch, right? They tell you they're going to lower taxes. They tell you all this beautiful stuff that they're going to do. They get in office and they don't do none of it. And then they say, well, Congress didn't let me. <laughs> or the other side but, kept blocking me. Yeah, exactly. That's that bait and switch, man. Now, OG Warner, you need to be careful with this, though, because... Going around being the chameleon for everybody will quickly show, you know, your lack of truthfulness and your lack of realness. You can't be you can't be chilling with the bloods, big and back being boo, and then get caught up sea walking with the Crips because you'll look like a traitor real quick. You buying know what I'm buying your kids bear bears. <laughs> Doing a bear bear stare. <laughs> Straight up though. Uh, OG talked about seduction 
and how it often fails because people are too aggressive, man. OG tells us that when you're trying to seduce, the first move is to retreat. The first move is to retreat. So you can see what you're working with. Hmm? Yeah, so you can better understand the other person. So when you're seducing somebody, so you, you don't just go chick, hard. You, you, you retreat. Well, you don't just come on strong like, yeah, baby, let me take you home. You know what oh, I'm you're saying? Oh, ta- you're talking you about like a dream person. You ain't talking about like you got the girl in the bed and you like trying to like, you know, get in the, in the drawers. I mean, you don't, you don't I retreat mean, then. I mean, <coughs> even then, you kind of like make a little soft move right there and see where she's taking it. And if she's good with it, then you go in. You oh, see what so you're you mean, with you mean like, so you retreat like, you know, I don't usually be doing this, right? I don't, yeah, exactly. I, I don't want you to think I'm a hoe or nothing. No, no, no. I'm not like that. Night. Exactly. Exactly. This is this is one time right here and I'm really contemplating if I should be doing this right Fellas, now. Fellas, that works for guys too. Trust me. <laughs> it definitely works for guys. Once you understand the inner workings of a person, you hold up that mirror by doubling and reflecting the other person's feelings and ideas. So that's the whole purpose of retreating is that you take a step back and see what they're working with and see what they're doing and then you mirror what they're talking. People do this all the time in conversations. This is why you have to be careful what you're saying around people. Like when you meet new people, you think that, oh man, they're so cool because they just basically agree with everything that you said. That's why when I meet new people, I'm usually letting them do the talking so I can see where they're really coming from because people will do this to you. They will sit back and then they'll double and reflect all of your ideas and your feelings and you think you got a new friend but really yeah, they're not really who they say they are so be careful of that. I've seen that before of somebody that's just overly agreeable I've, yeah. I, I've, I've run into that person and I always recognize it right off and like always feel like it's fate exactly exactly but you gotta recognize it cause some people look at it that's that's part of that narcissistic mirror. Some people look at it as like, wow, that person is so cool. They know exactly where I'm coming from. They know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, I bet. Because you told them everything and all they're doing is agreeing. <laughs> Be careful of those people, man. Yeah. There's snakes out there. Yeah. And it's a power play. It's a power play. Now, the OG wants the readers to realize that there are people out there who only understand their own views and experiences. When you complain about what you're doing and what you have going on, not only do they not care, but they can't even comprehend what you're feeling. Okay? And this is why the OG says you need to create a mirror of their behavior and give them a taste of their own medicine. That's the moral mirror effect. All right? So if a teen starts to pout when they don't get their way, you mimic their behavior in an exaggerated way to show them how silly they look. Hmm. If a teen never wants to help you when you're in need, you give them that same energy or lack of energy oh, so when they want something. So basically, they don't take out the trash. You're like, oh, okay. And then you hit them with the, oh, make yourself a bologna sandwich for dinner. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <coughs> So when you're like, hey, son, I need you to help me, you know, uh, change the brakes on the car. Oh, dad, I don't feel like doing that. Mm, okay. And then when they come back and say, hey, dad, can we go to the mall? Uh, no, nah, I don't really feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's how that works. And then so. they'll be like, I see what you did there. <laughs> well, Touché, pl- dad. Well played, dad. 
<laughs> now, analogies and metaphors are useful forms of communication. I use these all the time, actually, because I think that they're very helpful. And rather than arguing or complaining about somebody's actions, you can use the mirror of analogies to guide people towards your views. Okay? So, um, for me, that's been really, really helpful. Rather than trying to get people to see your point and see your point and see your point, you just use an analogy. Usually a sports analogy will do it too because life is so synonymous with sports. You can usually find a really quick, easy sports analogy. You throw that out there and they're like, oh, okay, I got it. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I guess it depends on the type of person that you're dealing with. But I use that a lot. OG suggests that you study the eyes and gestures of other people because... You can use body language to understand people's interests and you can act on that. So pay attention to the details and the nuances. And once you take it all in, you can make yourself the mirror of their unspoken self. You ever seen that in play, Jaren? Um, You're watching people's body language and you act on it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, you could tell somebody's not um, back to dating. You could tell if somebody's not really feeling you just based off of their body language so if they're kind of just looking at the phone or just seem distant you can tell that they're definitely not feeling you and you could pretty much just you know hit your alarm be like oh i got a phone call oh it's an emergency i gotta go right get okay. about that date salesmen do this all the time well good salesmen are excellent at studying people they watching what you wear, how you talk. They watch your body language. They watch how you act on on verbal cues, right? So they'll they'll hit you with one of these. Hey, Jaron. Hey, man. A guy that dresses as well as you do, you must be an important person, and you need a presidential car. I have just a Cadillac for you. Uh, oh wow! Look at those shoes. Uh, no, actually, I just came from church. That's why I'm dressed like this. Well, look at those shoes. They're spotless. I bet you keep your car just as clean. You know what? We'll throw in a year of free car washes for you. Oh, actually, I just got these from the Goodwill. I just got lucky. They were $10. Whoa, whoa, wait. Time out. Is that an iPhone 7 Plus? You must be a technology freak, man. I actually... You have the superior phone, so you need the superior trim level, man. Check out our Platinum Edition with all the latest technology in it. Actually, this is just the iPhone 4. <laughs> Dude, so you go in with the plan to spend like 25k. You walk out of there, you didn't spend $52,000 cuz that salesman used that narcissistic mirror effect on you, man. So, you got to watch out for that. That's right. exactly how those things go right. too. Now, for the warning, OG says you need to beware of mirrored situations. Situations that appear to be like previous ones, okay? So, you don't want to pay for the sins of a previous person okay and you talk about i hear you say this a lot jaren paying for the sins of somebody Man, else i just said it yesterday <laughs> yeah you don't want to do that so right. if you start a new job and the previous guy was tall slender bald and he did a sucky job and got fired if you're tall slender bald you don't want to give that resemblance of that previous person because people are going to associate with you with those previous actions even even if you're the opposite you ever seen that? Yeah, absolutely. And also, I would say if you are the person that's looking at somebody that was similar to like your old situation. So you say you're in a relationship 
Don't make your yeah. don't make your significant other pay for the sins of somebody else. They didn't do anything. Not yet. Don't carry that crap over. <laughs> right. Don't carry that crap over to your new situation. So like you exactly. said, the new boss, get a new boss a chance. Yeah, man. You know, on one of our podcasts, we talked about cornrows or braids, right? Braids Unless your boss has cornrows, don't give him no chance. <laughs> Dude, this is why it's difficult to wear that style in a professional environment because television, movies, media, they've all tied cornrows to thugs and hooligans. So if you're a young black male with cornrows at work, there are people out there who's going to view you differently because they think they think that you're what they saw on TV just because of your hair. Yeah, but come on, man. I mean, did TV really do that? Like, our first experience with cornrows, I mean, let's say, let's let's toss Snoop Dogg out. Even though Snoop Dogg had, was one of the first cats we saw with cornrows out here. Yep, yep. And he's talking about gin and juice. He's talking about being a gangster on the corner or in, in the streets of Bompton. So, yep. well, they were Compton. He was Compton, yeah, that's true. <laughs> But Shug was bombed in. But um, <laughs> but what about like Bone? Bone Thugs in Harmony? They had cornrows. They were Bone Thugs in Harmony. That's so, what I'm saying though. So, so that's not TV. TV. It's not TV. That's, that's, what, that's what the thugs were doing. Yeah, but there, there, was no, there was nobody who was going out of their way to show people with cornrows who was a manager anywhere. Because there wasn't okay. anybody. Maybe they, they all got fired. <laughs> and they got fired because of Snoop and Bone. And they was doing a damn good job at work. Oh, they got but fired they found a reason to get rid of them. Okay, we're not about to do this cornrow thing again. That's what <laughs> all right, dude. I'm just saying, man. So I'm not saying that you have to change anything about yourself. All I'm saying is, in the game of power, you need to separate yourself from negative associations. And by the way, this is, this is not just negative associations that you got to be careful of. The OG was noting that even if you resemble somebody great, there's still a negative situation there. Because if you resemble that person that was great, they're going to expect you to be that other person. And memories are always better than what's going on right now. So if they got this memory of this great guy, you know, that was tall, dark, and handsome, and he did the best job, and he was always great. Yeah, you might be tall, dark, and handsome, but... How are you going to walk into that man's shoes? They only got memories of him. They don't remember the times that, you know, he didn't do everything right. You know what I'm saying? They're only thinking about the good times, the good memories. Unless, so when you step into that position and they're expecting you to be him, it's going to be hard for you. Unless they're brainwashed like the people of North Korea. Like I was <laughs> like we were talking about earlier. I've been <laughs> I've been heavy into North Korea today. Okay. Kim, talk that talk. Kim Jong Un, the the current leader, he actually got his hair cut. He changed his stance. He even gained weight to look like Kim Jong Il. And everybody, all the people there, you know, look at him like, oh, he's just like him, and he's a great leader. And basically, yeah, he mirrored his father. So that never strategic for him, and it only worked. Even gaining he, weight, he yeah. gained that weight on purpose. Yeah. And he he only and it only worked because they're brainwashed. The people are completely yeah. brainwashed. And they can't. They they're not allowed to think on their own. On their own. But I was just he, saying. He noticed yeah, the power yeah. play, and he took the play. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now there's no reversal this week. Just that warning about being aware of those mirror situations, and uh, you can take us on out, Doc. Okay. Well, actually, I mean, I kind of 
I got a thing. I just wanted, okay. to, mention, I just wanted to mention a couple of movies where mirrors were actually used. So okay. there's a movie called Red Sonia. It was a horrible movie, but it was, it was a movie. It had Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, what's that? The Conan. I can't remember which one it was. But he ended up in a mirror room where he had to fight a wizard. And long story short, he broke the mirrors to be able to destroy the wizard. So he was frustrated. Mm-hmm. He couldn't he couldn't figure out things at first. But once he realized he could smash a mirror and that'll kind of help him out and clear things up, it was over for the wizard. It happened oh. again on Enter the Dragon. Bruce Lee ended up in the mirror room with Han. And Han was beasting on him, slicing him up with the fake claws. And <laughs> those claws were so fake. And what is it with mirror rooms back then? I don't know. It was just like a dope effect, I guess. And it's pretty impressive when you don't get like the camera equipment and the boom mics and stuff in the mirror. Yeah, like that. That takes that a lot. Of, takes a lot of effort to make sure you don't. That doesn't happen. But Han was getting the best of Bruce Lee, and then Bruce Lee starts smashing the mirror so he can figure out what the real image was, and which was also like a metaphor for life, I think. And he, um, you know, kicked him in kicked him into a spear and killed him so Bruce Lee did it first didn't he he was before Red Sonja wasn't he per- definitely yeah definitely so oh okay yeah, yeah just making sure yeah, so they, they copied like, his style but right. okay that's, that's okay it was it was a lot doper when Bruce Lee did it though yeah exactly <laughs> alright guys so this has been another episode of the Corporate Streets Powercast and as always yeah. we um, encourage you to get your own copy of Sir Robert Greene's The 48 Laws of Power you can get the audiobook like we have been listening to for the past 44 weeks hmm. maybe a little longer than 44 weeks but you know what we're saying or Dude, that's a long time yeah that is a long time to read one damn book like yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> and uh or you get the hard copy um with all the pages and stuff uh because either either way just support robert green because you know he's always doing something trying to flex on us trying to show us how much money he has and this week he actually got invited to be on complex magazines uh sneaker shopping series oh that's cool yeah yeah i mean i didn't even know he was a sneakerhead like that right i didn't either yeah so he actually is going he's going there and he wants to break the show record by not only buying the carhartt m&m jordans but he's actually wants to cop two pairs. Oh wow, that's gonna be some dough. Twenty thousand dollars shoes, in case you didn't know. A piece, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> so, so he needs your help. He needs yeah, you man. to buy his book because support the OG man. Expensive. And just because, and yeah, and just because you support the OG Robert Green, doesn't mean you don't need to listen to us no more. Just like listening to us doesn't mean you don't need to go get that copy of that book yourself. You know, I think it like this. Robert Green, he's like a Pro Bowl football player. He's killing the stats. He's breaking records. And we're like we're like the Gatorade. You know, when the OG gets tired of talking, gets tired of writing, we got the juice to keep that message going. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Or oh, oh, so or I guess you're kind of saying he's kind of like like a TI-86 graphing calculator. 
you know what those okay. are, right? The old school big yeah. calculator. And well, you know, the calculator is good for like graphing, and you can do your your sine and cosine stuff and tangents and whatnot. And we're we're kind of like that little cheat sheet you have taped in that cover. Yeah. You need that. See, yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice to be able to make all those nice graphs, but we can guarantee you get an A on that final. For sure. You gotta I'm have with that. You gotta or you have can just that. program you can just program all the words into it. <laughs> I know, yeah, I, know the, I know y'all didn't think I was. Remember people was taking uh <laughs> they T I eighty sixes into like or T I eighty three plus is what they had for real. The T I eighty three plus into like a history test. Yeah, exactly. Like, like bro. Why do you need a calculator nah, <laughs> for history? I, I used to, you I used must to, be cheap. Now I put my cheat sheet on the back of my ID. Okay, that was pretty smooth. I, that so, doesn't top. So 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 instead of studying, I would I would basically study. You know, look at my study guide, and I would write everything like really tiny on the back of a piece yeah. of paper and put it on the back of my card. The dopest thing I ever saw. It was either Olivia or Chandra, but they wrote it on a nap. They wrote it all on Kleenexes, and they had the box of Kleenex on their desk, and they were acting like they were rubbing their nose, but they was, wow, wow, that's that high was, level. That's that high was level pretty stuff. epic. Yeah, that was <laughs> epic. Statute of limitations. I didn't mean to sneak. Who said we should? We should make a Facebook post and tag them and Miss Newcomb like on the. For <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. I forget which one it was. <laughs> it was one of them. All right, guys. Next week, we have Law 45, which is preach the need for change, but never reform too much at once. Okay. <clears throat> All right. And so I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, you can reach out to us uh, by email, and that's thecorporatestreets at gmail.com. That's Corporate Streets with a Z. And you also can reach on uh, reach us at Twitter or on Twitter, in Twitter, and on Facebook. Over Twitter, under Twitter. Use all the prepositions, bro. Yep. In Twitter, out Twitter. On top of, under, <laughs> up, up underneath. <laughs> Beside <laughs> no, uh, up, up underneath no, I like <laughs> Up underneath uh, How you get up under Right okay. Alright so this has been Another episode of Corporate Streets Powercast This is the Powercast For people that say I'm starting With the man In the mirror Oh I'm asking him To change his ways And no message Could have been Any clearer if you want to make a world the better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. All right. I mean, we, mentioned, we did mention Michael Jackson today, so. Okay. Show that man the proper respect. We out. Woo! Peace! na 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Corporate Street, the Corporate Street, the Corporate Street, Power Cash, Power Cash, Power Cash. Power Cash. Power Cash. Power Cash. Power Cash.